Uh, welcome, Ashwin. Uh, so we are trying to do a series of audio recordings with some of the delegates here at the conference to learn about their work okay. and uh, their motivation, okay. why they choose to do the things they do, okay. and how software freedom is a part of their work. Okay. Okay. So to start with, I would like you to define what you do okay. as a person. What's your work? Okay. How do you define your work? Okay. So our work uh, right now, I would say it is developing open source uh, medical devices. Uh, by open source medical devices, I mean the hardware, we make open source hardware. And for that, of course, we use uh, open source software as the firmware, as the GUI, and for a lot of other applications. Unfortunately, we have not been using KiCad yet. Um, but we are going to start, we have just started uh, using KiCad and just learning about that. Um, so it, not just that, I mean we have been using open source hardware for a lot of different uh, projects. Um, so some projects have, are possible only because of open source hardware. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, you don't get access to, to all these high-end uh, tools, being right. a small company. Right. And uh, so open source hardware and open source software together has allowed us to reach into especially the world of medical devices. Uh, it's a very closed community. So, so to again personalize the question a little bit more, how did you get involved in this line? So you were talking about what you do as a company. Personally, yeah, yeah. what has been your journey like? Yeah, so uh, I w interestingly, I was just talking to Christ Christopher Vokel, I think, uh, about the same thing. And uh, the first project that really got me into open source hardware is uh, a project called Open EEG. This was in 2002 when I was a student and uh, I did not have access to, I mean we wanted to do some research with the EEG but we did not have access to any kind of tools and um, I mean even our internet access was limited mm -hmm. in India. So, um, so we started with Open EEG and that's, that's the first board that I made, Okay. first PCB that I etched by myself. Mm -hmm. um, uh, drew by myself and etched by myself and uh, that really opened up uh, everything that I do today. I mean like, uh, I used to be, uh, I'm, my basic degree is in software engineering, Okay. but I have left that long time back. I'm fully into hardware now and I think Open EEG was the main part of starting that. So during that Open EEG time I've used uh, Brainwave. Okay. By Christopher Vogel, and it's nice to meet him in the same conference here. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, yeah, I mean, it's a lot of do a lot of things. So, why do you do what you do? I mean, you work with open medical devices. You work with medical devices fundamentally. Uh, yeah. Openness yeah. is a is a facet. Yeah. yeah. So, why do you do this? So, I work on medical devices for several reasons. One is that uh, medical devices and medical the physiological measurements are a very, very interesting uh, thing. My first introduction to 
the medical devices or physiological measurements was with uh, eeg mm-hmm. when in college i was really fascinated with the uh, eeg um maybe because it was because of my own personal thing i have epilepsy myself mm-hmm. so for that i have gone for uh, eeg readings and uh, stuff and at that point i wanted to know what epilepsy was right. i mean because most people don't know they just think it's something and then i went into detail found out then i started researching on epilepsy and my first uh, research project was on a topic called absence epilepsy mm-hmm. and that got published wow. uh, it was a published work and that was i mean after that is why we i started using open eeg okay okay and uh, so from there onwards my entire thing changed mm-hmm. i am not a software engineer in i still write code but um i went on to do a degree in microelectronics okay uh, i did not uh, pursue this line but the uh, micro a uh, degree in microelectronics with a concentration on biomedical engineering oh so that was quite a transition for me but it's been the best uh, i i think uh, that's the best thing that happened so the, has the education helped you or are you largely self taught mostly i would say self taught because my education basic education here in india was on software engineering and uh, if i'm being honest and uh, you can edit it out later i don't think it helped at all because it was mostly theory and uh, if you ask me any software engineering practices or methodologies i don't know no but you mentioned something you did, um, your degree in microelectronics basic yeah, yeah. no my basic uh, uh, bachelor's degree was in software engineering yeah, yeah but i do not remember anything that i learned <laughs> of course <laughs> learned in uh, software engineering because that was just not my uh, game i guess algorithms are interesting but the way in which it was thought was not interesting so i really didn't catch on i would say that I learned algorithms on the basic algorithms after college by myself which was the best way to learn and uh, that's the final two years of college was when I got interested in this EEG and stuff and then I just jumped up so you've been de- designing medical devices for a very long time i remember you told me that you'd done it for the de- for some of the defense organizations yeah, yeah. in bangalore Yeah yeah so tell us something about that journey so you built it for these companies and then you started to build these as open source hardware yeah uh, actually um, one more point if i yeah, sure. mention when you asked me about why i uh, stepped into medical devices now when i was in college i knew i wanted to work with eeg with epilepsy but uh, if i go and talk to a doctor they think i'm crazy Like because they say you are a software engineer. I mean, how how will you do this right, kind right, of thing? Right. And then I, when I approached the biology department, they thought I was even more crazier, and they didn't allow access to any of the equipment out there. So I thought the best thing to do would be build my own. So so that is what made me open my uh, made me choose open EEG. Right, right. Complete. So as for your next I was talking was, so you st- how did you start building these devices So we started I mean I am my basic research in uh, graduate school during my MS uh, was in um, um, medical system patient monitoring systems mm-hmm. 
we've, we've tried it with the animal models and the human models and uh, part of it was in nanotechnology which is actually quite boring than it sounds um, so so immediately after finishing my ms i came back to bangalore and uh, i did not work anywhere like this so i started this company and our first customer was the defense for the drdo and we started out by uh, developing uh, soldier health monitoring systems for okay. the drdo okay uh, using a, i mean at that time it was new body area networks and all that was new and vla was new at that time so we made some devices for that and then we made a lot of other projects and uh, right now we have at least like we completed at least like 78 projects mm-hmm. different in different uh, uh, different areas mm-hmm. so and so during the course of these projects we had to do a lot of research to get these devices to work right and um, we spent a lot of time figuring out how to get these things to work and medical devices as they are they are not properly documented or anything because because of the very nature of high ip uh, uh the dependence on ip so um so so we learned these things like how to measure an ecg and uh, what is the best way to do a low noise amplifiers and all that and these are this is common knowledge i mean this is not proprietary to the projects that we worked on mm-hmm. so that's when we decided okay let's take these parts whatever we made and whatever we can open source we will open source and see what somebody else builds with them and as an experiment we just started with one or two boards uh, for uh, i remember the first board was for uh, ecg and respiration measurement and it, uh, it took off quite well Mm. um and then we started exploring more boards and all that and uh, um and since then we've been involved in like i mean although i've been using open source hardware i've not been very involved with the community so much but after the after all these products now we are getting more and more involved and uh, we are getting so much involved in fact that uh, um we are slowly transitioning completely to open source i mean our business model is as open source hardware in fact last year uh, only a very small amount of the revenue was from defense projects and the rest was from open source hardware so what prompted you to choose a free and open source sort of license for your hardware uh, what motivated you to share that uh, did you have a precedent that you were basing your decision on yes i think it was the open eeg okay so uh, uh so the open eeg and i i thought okay i mean that that's how helpful it's, it has been to my uh work in this field itself so uh, i mean uh, i'm not saying uh, i'm very good and i'm giving back or something but the other reason would be that that was one more way for us um to connect with the uh, the people in the same community right. especially the medical community mm-hmm. <coughs> and um, allowed us to 
try out newer things with the same hardware concepts so so that was more of a a, a selfish motive was like okay l- learning how people respond to our devices right and also how they contribute and how they take our contributions and um, and then that gave us more of a i think it gave more satisfaction than um some device that you don't even uh, see being used to that i mean you cannot see yourself that it is so you didn't have any you don't really have clarity on where it would lead you you were, it was an experiment is yeah, yeah. initially it was an experiment because uh, we put it i mean i, I don't know how much uh, this was about 5 years ago so we really didn't know how much of an effect it would have um uh, where we would go and all that but we wanted to try it up I mean, mm-hmm. and since then we've been working quite a lot in that so now we have about 25 products oh i mean there's it, there's small simple small boards, boards but okay. with some software mm-hmm. um not just in medical we have some few more other sensor boards and all that um and uh, yeah and and we have also selling for other uh, open source companies like spark fun and different so you've sort of taken your work to a variety of uh, geographies you've been to maker fairs in new york and rome yeah. so do you find the way people treat your work and respond to it is it different in different places uh i, I yeah i would say yes i mean this year was the uh Uh, yeah this this year was the first year that we exhibited at maker fair new york which is the biggest maker fair and uh, i've been attending maker fairs for the last 3 uh, years just going and mm-hmm. seeing what people have done and i always thought it's pretty cool and uh, this year uh, was the first time we put it in maker fair new york and uh, there was a lot of response i mean the the, the thing with maker fair is that you get people who are Uh, who may be cardiologists who come and look at your device or it could be even children who kids who want to mm-hmm. play with the device so we got an, a, a great idea about how to deal with both of them how to how to cater to both of them mm-hmm. so we are looking at this part now where can we actually use that for medical education okay in the sense that um i mean this is an idea that i got when i was displaying at maker fair especially maker fair rome i mean personally i think maker fair rome was better than maker fair new york mm-hmm. because new york is more of a it's more like a showcasing and a commercial thing mm-hmm. but maker fair rome was uh, was this is the first time i'm attending um it was more of college students and okay. people who have turned ideas into companies and um a, a lot of importance was given to healthcare projects there was a separate section for healthcare projects oh. and uh, and uh, we got an invitation from maker fair to they offered us free space mm-hmm. and uh, we, i had a great experience over there so coming back to where all this leads um the the difference that i see where in medical education what what how our products can help is that okay you learn about how an ecg is and what it does and all all that you can read it on paper but 
when you're looking at your own heart beating over there and then you relate it i think it has a totally different effect and this is what i learned from when the kids came and they touched those pads and then they saw their heartbeats and they were like <laughs> struck like saying so i think that's how that's how the teaching should be done i mean now we can say that okay this is your heart beating here and uh, they really wanted to know okay then 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 if this this is this uh, pqrs waveform what does this line mean what does this line mean i i, I was explaining this heart is beating like this it's beating like this and i think that's much more effective way of uh, making them understand with your own signals and uh, uh, rather than just looking at recordings um, right so so that is one thing that i learned uh, after the maker fusion interesting so if someone were to dabble with uh, free and open hardware uh, build a business out of it uh, what sort of advice would you give them because you've been doing this for a long time and uh, okay. what's what advice would you give to someone building such hardware and sharing it and trying to build a business out of it um actually bu- building a business out of it is it's it's a little bit uh, tricky in the sense that i mean if you want funds for your business if uh, you go and talk to a vc saying that i'm starting an open source company give me money nobody is going to give you nobody is going to even let you in the door and uh, i've tried it and uh, so till now our company has doesn't have any external funding at all but of course we had the funds that we had from our uh, defense projects and everything but as an open source hardware company um, um a business model would work out if you are able to uh um if you are able to achieve it in volume i think volume makes all the difference so but if you are going to sell only very few then um, but still you if 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 it's a really good product then people are, are going to buy there are always people around the world who are going to buy and uh, recently only we discovered the crowdfunding model so instead of going for like kickstarter or indiegogo or something we went for crowd supply uh, which i think is exactly made for open source hardware and they josh at crowd supply he knows exactly what we're telling them um and they actually go through your work and then make sure that this thing can ship mm-hmm. and they in fact want even a prototype before listing the project so that was another way of funding that we got um so for a first product healthy pie um after the campaign is over still crowd supply sells our products for us right and uh, a lot of institutions have been asking for such educational versions so that's when i thought okay we can merge these two and have these two at the same time and uh, um make something out of it right uh so again with regards to the same question uh how does one prototype hardware because you know it's not like software where yeah, you can yeah. just download stuff here you need to import things to yeah, yeah. to test your concept yeah and then you need to build something it might not work the first time you build it so there is a 
there is a the workflow is more complicated yes at yes. times yes. and it's challenging also because of the costs and the yeah. regulations involved in that yeah, yeah so if i was just trying to learn as a student or as a developer and forget about starting a business then there are so many barriers mm-hmm. now you you sell a lot of these kits and sensors and boards yourself mm-hmm. and that where people can buy those and access it mm-hmm. but otherwise what's your advice to a, to someone starting off uh, doing experiments with, i think uh, i think the best way is to just start doing experiments as I, as you said um nowadays uh, the arduino is there uh that may not be the best thing but for a beginner yes that is the best thing. so you don't need to know how to write actual program code uh it's all abstracted so just get started with an arduino and uh, Uh, build on top of it with all kinds of modules i mean uh, so you learn programming and the hardware at the same time which is what is going to stick in your mind rather than just learning about resistors or capacitors in, from a book right but when you use an arduino and you just blink on led you know what that resistor connected between the led and the arduino is doing it is reducing the current so that's a lesson that you're never going to forget right. and so i think the best thing would be to just something and uh, if you if you burn it burn it <laughs> i mean i think any engineer would have at least a couple of burnt boards right and uh, typically for uh, for these iterations or prototyping that you said we so mostly it goes through like two or three iterations before we get it right Mm, but that is only at the board level but if you want to just experiment it you get a breadboard and you, uh, you just connect it and uh, yeah get a soldering iron <laughs> right. so uh, given so you had a good track i mean good good experience with the open source hardware in the recent past has that changed your outlook about software freedom or freedom in technology in general do you view things differently now because of your you know experience with with your own products yeah i mean uh, in several different ways i mean like whenever i see something i i mean i, I it may not always be practical but whenever i see something like 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 recently this one of these wifi controlled bulbs uh, i would always I mean, why do you have to buy those right. so much? And I was also, I also attended a recent uh, talk at the Hackaday conference about how to hack into a Wi-Fi bulb. This is from a big manufacturer, <laughs> not a uh, local Wi-Fi bulb. And uh, and so you also know the vulnerabilities are right there. I mean, mm-hmm. so so. So then I went ahead and built on myself and uh, so like okay how how can we address this vulnerability so um so this this bulb that I uh, that I saw I mean you can just hack into it and uh, and you can even use that as a gateway to get into the wifi network that it is connected to so the only way that we can prevent that is not by 
um, waiting for the manufacturer to give a software update. Mm-hmm. But if you have open source software, you already know what is wrong with it. Right. Um, and you just address the vulnerability right there. Uh, that was one part that I saw. And even simple things like cars and uh, um, everybody's been talking about cars yesterday and uh, I've been also interested. Um, uh, there is so much proprietary information yes, in the car yes. that you really don't know what is happening. But but on the other hand, there are also open source ECUs. Yes. Right? So, um, I mean, maybe an open source ECU may not be ready yet, but uh, smaller things. I mean, I've started questioning a lot of things. Great. It's not just uh, things, but uh, cars. But uh, I've already avoided the warranty on my cars. So, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that should mean something. Yeah. yeah. So finally, any word of advice for someone uh, who wants to have more freedom in hardware in general? Mm. Any word of advice on that for them? Uh, how how do they st- get started? How do they keep going? Um, Anything you might want to add? I, I I would say don't wait to get started by I don't know reading a book or something. Just take an Arduino and start plugging things in, and you will know if something is wrong, and that's the best way to find out. Um, I mean, that's the quickest way to find out also. And, so, I would say rather than reading a lot of theory and you know we have all these buttons, just buy, buy an article, plug it in and see what works. But I've seen people have a lot of fear when it comes to hardware. They don't want to touch uh, iOpen. Uh, they, 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 when, when they see a board, they get intimidated by that sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So how do you how do you propose how do you think they should dispel that fear? I mean, of course, just doing it is a way to do that. Yeah, I think doing it is the best way to do that. I mean, there's always been this uh, this this notion or this thing that hardware is hard. I mean, everybody knows. I mean, it's become very popular also. Hardware is hard, and I don't think that's the case anymore. Yes, it is not hard. I mean, it is. It's not hard both in terms of getting started or programming something or um, or even soldering something um, in fact the one one thing that maker fair consistently has in all these maker fairs whether in New York or in Rome or even the smaller ones whatever they have they have a soldering workshop okay mm-hmm. and um, it's just a very simple two whole PCBs that you solder and they even have soldering workshop for kids, school okay. kids. Okay. And uh, that is one central area of the maker fair, mm-hmm. soldering workshop is there. So I think that is one attempt at saying, okay, there's nothing to be afraid of, just come and solder something and see what happens. So the soldering workshop is nothing but taking a small board and uh, you solder an LED and a resistor and uh, you connect a battery and it starts blinking. Okay. So I think that that first that feeling of satisfaction of having made something. Yes, yes. I mean you make something in software, everything, but you don't have that same feeling as you have with the actual thing that is in your hand. Yes. You you so 
that first feeling of making something and making that LED blink, I think, should keep you going on. Yeah. Thanks a lot, Ashwin. Yeah. Would you like to share your contact details or your URL so that people can know more about your work or try to contact you? Yeah. Uh, um, our website is called protocentral.com and uh, my e- email also is uh, Ashwin, A-S-H-W-I-N at protocentral.com and any questions you can send me an email and uh, this was a wonderful place to share this knowledge with great people. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks.